This week is on sanctification. <laughs> I have always thought that word was kind of churchy um, and like, really, sanctification? Can we like reduce that down to something we can all understand? But this is the third week of Lent, and we are tackling that theme. And I do think it's kind of a churchy word. Um, so I want to make it more relatable to everyday life. And I heard this quote, and I'm going to get the... I heard this quote, and it was by a guy named Nathan. No. Oh. You know what? We'll skip this for now, and maybe we'll come back to it at the end. But I totally did not look at the bulletin, and we were going to do the Lord's Prayer together. <laughs> um, but the, the thing he said was regeneration... It's birth, sanctification is growth. So I'm really going to focus on this idea of growth and transformation. Regeneration or the starting over, fresh, is birth. And sanctification is growth. That's true, but I hear sometimes, but sanctification is the act or process of being made or becoming holy and being set apart for God's holy purposes. Okay, but we're still going to call it growth or transformation. And I've heard, yeah, but the sanctifying, we don't know. I think God's doing all the sanctifying, and, and we're either willing or unwilling participants. Yes, that's the same with growth. We're either willing or unwilling participants. Sometimes we, need, we don't even know how it happens in our life. Sometimes we move forward a couple of months, and we look back and we're like, oh, that's interesting. I think I grew a little bit. When Chrissy was a little girl, her and her sister used to sit in the living room and her dad would be like, guys, I'm going to go outside and I'm going to lift the house up. And when I go out there, you just really concentrate and see if you can feel the house being lifted up. And I can just imagine Chrissy and her sister like, yeah. And they're waiting and he goes outside and they're looking at each other like, like, can you feel it? Can you feel it? And then his, her, their dad would come back in seconds later, and he said, did you feel it? And they would say, yes. <laughs> we did. Chrissy and her sister were in awe, and his dad, their dad was a hero. He was larger than life. And she loved sharing that story. But isn't that the same with our own lives? Something moves. Something shifts. Something happens. Transforms. And we ask ourselves, how did that happen? Many times we don't even know what's happening until months or even years later, but we feel it, don't we? We, we have these times where maybe we're living in depression and a glimmer of light begins to appear at the end of the tunnel. We feel it, something shifted. Or when we respond to a conflict or a disappointment or a tragedy in a healthier way than normal, something shifted. Did you feel it move? When we try a new thing we've always wanted to do, but lack the courage to do it in the past. Do you feel that? When someone affirms us, says, you seem different. Do you feel that? Do you feel it, the growth, the movement, something changed? Did you feel it? I did. It moved. That's growth. Do you think your growth is 100% in your control? When you begin to see the light at the end of the tunnel, how did that actually happen? How did it actually happen? 
but that's growth. When I started in college, it was the fall of 2001. I realized from day one that I wasn't prepared to handle the demands of the college level courses, the life on my own, it overwhelmed me. It was a little more than a week when 9-11 happened. And I remember it very well, as all of you do as well. The World Trade Centers were destroyed, the Pentagon was hit, Flight 93 hit in Somerset County in Pennsylvania. Nearly 3,000 people were killed. We all remember this day vividly. And I was standing in the basement of the dorm watching the TV, watching it all unfold. And I didn't understand the gravity of the situation, nor did really anybody. And to be honest, I was so self-absorbed in my anxieties that I could not feel empathy or grief in the way I do now when I think about it. And I was a little ashamed of that. But I look at myself now and I look at how God has grown in me compassion and empathy and the ability to connect with people that I don't even know, to feel their pain. I see that as growth. It is the contrast of how I felt then to how I feel now. As the world cracked and came to a grinding halt, I felt almost nothing. I was a shell of a person. Months went by. I quit the baseball team. I quit the drama I was supposed to be involved in. I lightened my class load. I just couldn't do it. It was too much. I remember driving home to see my parents one weekend and thinking, I don't want to go on anymore. Then I remember one day just simply thinking, I give up. And at the time, I don't know if that was a good, healthy thing or a bad thing, but at the time it felt horrible. I felt like a quitter. But slowly the pressure I felt, it started to fade away. I can't put my finger on how this actually happened In fact, I'm fairly certain I did nothing properly to get rid of that pressure. I'm fairly certain I did not follow any proper rules of getting rid of the pressure and this overwhelming anxiety that I felt. It just happened. I know that's not like textbook or, oh, thanks, I can put that in my back pocket and use it tomorrow. I don't know. I wasn't diligent in setting down my priorities and putting goals together for the next day and pushing through the day. I just said, I give up. I can't do this anymore. But I eventually did see a crack of light at the end of the tunnel, which led me to more and more light until I finally got back to ground zero. You know, I finally got back to normal. How did, how did that happen? How did the progression out of the depths happen for me? I can't actually say I know, but I felt it. I did. I felt it move. I did. I know people came around me in support. They offered listening ears. They offered wise words. We don't always understand what's happening to us. We don't always understand in the middle of difficult times and uncertain times, but often we can look back And know that something or someone outside of us played a large part in us coming to know. Someone played a large part in it. 
Someone played a large part in bringing us back to ground level. Someone, something played a large part in our normal again. You can feel it. And I want to turn to John 13.3. And this is a fairly long scripture. And if you're turning to your Bibles, I'll give you a second. But John 13.3, Jesus is with his disciples. And it's coming near to the end, you know, of the end of this, this part of Jesus' life. Um, but certainly it was not the end. It was only the beginning. But in John 13, 3, it says, Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. And after that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? And Jesus replied, you do not realize what I am doing, but at least, or, but later you will understand. And no, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then Lord Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. And Jesus answered, those who have a, had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean, and you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him, and that was why he said not everyone was clean. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you, he asked them. You call me teacher. And Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should also wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed as you do them. Jesus had done this thing to remind the disciples of the vitality of servanthood and humility. I mean, there's no doubt about that. Trust me, this was a reminder, but it was not a shocking revelation. Jesus had already shared his Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the meek. He had already shared about the, the banquet. Those who exalt themselves will be humbled. And those who humble themselves will be exalted. This was not a shocking example of servanthood and humility. But what these disciples were shocked about, Peter specifically, was that Jesus, the Holy One, would lower himself to the least of them all. And they didn't understand what he was doing. He wasn't just washing their feet. He was demonstrating humility and servanthood. He was highlighting the mystery of transformation. We don't always know how it happens, but stay with me here. Jesus replied, you do not realize what I'm doing, but later you will understand. Jesus highlighted the mystery of transformation. Who is doing the growing and refining and transforming the changing in the midst of it? We don't always know. In the midst of it, we don't always know it's a refining because it usually feels like pain and difficulty and confusion and uncertainty. But many times, 
It is a refining. And when you feel it, you know it because something moved. Did you feel it? See, I was having coffee with a friend on Friday, and he reminded me of something. I was telling him that I was going to share the story of 9-11. In the context of our current world situation, he reminded me of what happened even after all the destruction, even after all the chaos. The world had cracked. There's no doubt about it, and we all felt it. But what happened after that? Do you remember? The world came together. It was bigger than life itself. What a fascinating phenomenon that was. The world came together in the midst of the most uncertainty I had ever experienced in my entire life. And I'm certain most of us felt the same way. The world came together. What a fascinating thing. Can you imagine that? When we think all is lost, that... There's nothing more. There's no hope. There's incredible, mysterious law of nature, a law of God that says eventually we are going to come together even if it's for a season. Do you feel it? Maybe not yet. But that brings us to this moment when all events are shutting down, churches are closing doors, schools are closing And there's a level of panic on the surface, and there's some paranoia, but much deeper underneath the fear, underneath all the anxiety, below the the noise of social media and all of this surface noise, all of this surface tension, do you feel it? We are being forced to hit the reset button. We are being forced to do it. (laughs) We are getting creative about how we can help our neighbors already. I see posts on social media going around on different creative ways that we can help each other, that we can reach out to each other. I love the post that I've seen recently where individuals are saying, if you need something, please let me know. Personally message me. When have we done that? (laughs) I've never seen that. I've never seen that before. And it's happening. It's, it's like a domino effect. People coming together, the great law of God. Even if it's for a season, it is a beautiful thing because social distance does not have to stop us from spiritual nearness. Does not have to stop us from connecting with people the way Jesus did when he sat there and lowered himself, the Holy One, before these disciples and washed their feet. And in our privilege, we do have an opportunity. We have an opportunity to grow and transform and respond in healthier ways than we did in the past. We don't have to hold on to any of that. We don't have to hold on or have regrets or wonder, man, have I really grown at all? Because thank God today is a new day. Let's wake up. Let's wake up and realize that God's mercies are new this morning. And even last night when the sun set, and it seems like the darkest place, we heard this in our Lenten studies, but that is not the end. That is a representation of the beginning. When the darkness sets in, we know that tomorrow morning the light is coming. The sun is coming. And if you don't feel like you've grown, if you don't feel like you're changing, if you don't feel like you're making the right decisions, if you feel like you're constantly in a cycle or pattern 
of making the wrong decisions. Hold fast because you're going to feel it. Hold fast because something is going to shift. Something is going to move. You're going to feel it. I can feel it, and it all begins today. So just like Chrissy's dad heroically lifted the house, you're going to feel it move in time, and we're going to do it together because that's what this is. We're in this together, even for a season. Everybody knows that we're eventually going to fade out of this togetherness where people are posting things about all the wonderful things they'd love to do for people, and they genuinely mean it. And we will fade out of that somewhat. But let's savor this season. And I want to finish with this. And Chrissy found this on social media, and I really liked it. It says, a prayer for a pandemic. May we who are merely inconvenienced remember those whose lives are at stake. May we who have no risk factors remember those most vulnerable. May we who have the luxury of working from home Remember those who must choose between preserving their health and making their rent. May we who have the flexibility to care for our children when their schools close, remember those who have no options. May we who have to cancel our trips, remember those who have no safe place to go. May we who are losing our margin money in the tumult of the economic market, remember those who have no margin at all. May we who settle in for a quarantine at home remember those who have no home. And as fear grips our country, let us choose love during this time when we cannot physically wrap our arms around each other. And let us find ways to be the loving embrace of God to our neighbor. Amen.